0: So I've spoken about sex in regards to sex magic, sexual healing, and um, sexual healing in regards to healing sexual trauma on this podcast, and I wanted to talk about a few other things that I believe in regards to sexuality and spirituality, and how you can have a healthy relationship, a healthy sexual relationship, whether that's with a partner or simply just with yourself, and some of the dismantling of what we should be thinking when it comes to sex and spirituality and um, in regards to the law of attraction, law of assumption, quantum physics, all of these different things. So. I have seen in the spiritual community both a positive attitude towards sex and a negative attitude towards sex. In the positive aspects, I have seen a lot of um, spiritual coaches and um, manifestation coaches talk about using sex for manifestation and talk about um, healing inner child wounds through, um, self-pleasure and the ways in which you can heal your body through self-pleasure and the different techniques that you can do that can release, um, stored trauma in the body, such as hip opening techniques and heart opening techniques and especially hip opening techniques, um, and pelvic floor techniques, um, whether you're a man or a woman, you can do pelvic floor techniques. Um, They're going to be a little bit different for each individual, especially um, they're going to be different for men versus women. But you can always do hip opening exercises. You can always focus on um, relieving tension in certain parts of the body through yoga, through exercising, through any kind of thing like that. You can always focus on heart opening exercises, um, which would be any kind of yoga pose or even meditation pose where you are sitting up straight or you are engaging your heart you are engaging your chest and and you are turning your heart you are turning your chest upwards you are turning it kind of towards the sky or the sun or whatever it is and you are allowing your chest to expand you are allowing your heart center to expand and you can and you can focus on that And those are the two common places that I see when people are talking about expanding sexually and expanding sexual consciousness and healing sexual wounds is in the lower chakras, such as the root and the sacral and even the solar plexus um, and the heart chakra and the heart center. So, and the reason I say chakras is because in, in, um, any kind of Eastern practice, it would be focusing on chakras and chakra alignment, and um, yogic practices um, such as yoga can also focus on that. Um, and there is also Kundalini yoga, which I which I do and have done, and I think is a beautiful experience and a and a beautiful technique. Um, and and yeah, but when it comes to sex another thing that i have seen that has been very positive in the spiritual communities and manifestation communities and is something that kind of ties into the witchcraft community as well it doesn't have to be the witchcraft community it isn't solely in the witchcraft community i've seen people who are not really into witchcraft who still use sex magic um and you can say that okay well they are into some part of witchcraft but they don't identify with being a Wiccan or a Pagan or any kind of witchcraft practice. They just use this specific type of magic, and that is the only type of magic that they use. And they can use it for manifesting. They'll use it for um, particularly manifesting because um, sexual power and sexual um, energy is stored in the same places as the in the body as creative energy. And... Sex and creation go hand in hand, and not to get like really esoteric or even you know um, biological even. But um, when we when we call um, we call it procreation, when we are um, having sex with the intention to bring a, bring a child into this world, we are creating life. We are creating a life form. We are creating another life form. Um, so but you know not even getting on that topic but simply just thinking about sexual energy being creative energy and sex being one of the one of the ways in which we can create a very intrinsic and very deep connection with someone whether it is it doesn't matter what kind of bond you are forming you are forming a bond with a person when you have sex with them and it creates a very strong bond and that's why it is so um, imperative that you are a little bit choosy when it comes to sex and this isn't this isn't to discourage casual sex this isn't to discourage multiple partners this isn't to discourage anything um This is just simply to say that you want to, especially if you are engaging in sex with another person versus engaging in self-pleasure, you want to be sure that the person that you are engaging with, if you are engaging with multiple people, that you are protected, that you are focusing on your sexual health, that they are focusing on their sexual health. Um, And by sexual health, I mean, you know... um, bodily health as well not just you know whether or not they have a healthy sex life not just whether or not they have a healthy sex drive but bodily health um, physical health making sure that they are um, safe when it comes to um, keeping themselves protected from STDs or STIs um, and making sure that you are doing the same for yourself as well but what I mean when I say that you should be choosy is that you should make sure that whoever you are engaging with is not disrupting your nervous system. And that what they are bringing to the table is not going to throw you off balance and create more imbalance in your life. Because we create imbalances for ourselves, we do. We create imbalances for ourselves. And just as much as something external can throw us out of orbit, can throw us into an imbalance, we can also create that imbalance for ourselves by engaging with that external thing, that external person, that external behavior, that external habit, based on how we feel internally. And what we feel internally is going to push out into our experiences, it's going to dictate. How we act and interact and what we do and how we think and how we believe and how we therefore evolve. So that brings me to kind of the negative aspects that I have heard when it comes to sex in spirituality. The first thing that I've heard is don't engage in watching porn and i can agree and disagree with that too much of something is always going to be unhealthy so if you are recognizing that you may have a an addiction problem so such as you know a porn addiction where you need to watch something in order to be able to experience any type of arousal or release then that may be a problem for you. And that may definitely cause more issues for you for your own sexual health, for your own well-being, as well as when you are in a relationship with someone, it will cause insecurities, it will cause doubts, it will cause anxieties, it it will cause a mistrust. It can cause so many different things depending on the relationship that you have with that person. And depending on where you stand within your relationship with your partner. And so I won't say, I'm not trying to say, you know, like don't don't do whatever it is that you feel is right for you. But definitely notice the ways in which you may be imbalanced sexually because of anything that you are overdoing. And you can even create imbalance by over-pleasuring yourself or under-pleasuring yourself. There is this idea that I've heard from some spiritualists and um, especially more within the law of attraction community versus the law of assumption or quantum physics community. I have heard this idea of not even engaging in self-pleasure and, and, sticking with this idea and continuing to create this, this idea and perpetuate this, um, this mindset that engaging in self-intimacy is taboo. And that instead of engaging in self-intimacy and being in your body and exploring your body and exploring your pleasure zones and exploring what you do and don't like. How that is still taboo because it because sex is a low vibrational energy. And personally, without without, you know, trying to be too harsh, but but definitely, you know, stating my own opinion, I believe that that is complete bullshit. <laughs> Because if you were telling someone that they are to be celibate until they are with a partner, if they are on a a law of attraction path, or if they are trying to manifest something, if if they are, you know, engaging in self-pleasure, that it's bringing them into this low vibration and that it's bringing them into this, you know, place of just not being able to be magnetic when you are telling someone that they are not magnetic if they are giving into their own sexual energy and that they should transmute that energy for creative purposes instead of, you know, engaging in self-pleasure, you are telling them that their body is a taboo and you are continuing to perpetuate this idea that the body is a taboo and that they should be disgusted by their own body. (laughs) And, And to hear... Some people in the law of attraction community saying that. And it's like, okay, well, you believe that like begets like. So if you are telling them to be ashamed of their own sexuality, then they are going to attract more shame within their sexuality if, the, if you believe this, this principle of like begets like, and you are preaching this whole like begets like, and you are telling them that, oh, no, don't, be, don't, don't give in to yourself pleasure. Don't give into your your body don't recognize your body, get out of your body, you know, and, and raise to a higher vibration because the, the body is a taboo. If you are telling someone that, but then you're also telling them that like begets like, you are putting them into a double-minded state where they are ashamed of their body. And they are also therefore attracting more shame towards their body even when they are trying to manifest the best life and the, and the best version of themselves and they're trying to get to the highest version of themselves. You can't, like, that, that's kind of backwards to me. <laughs> and and um, it just, it boggles my mind when I see that. So, personally, from a personal perspective, this is what... I think about sex and what I think about sex in conjunction with spirituality be sexual no seriously be sexual and explore your own pleasure because the more that you explore your own pleasure and the more that you also allow yourself to explore that pleasure explore what works explore what doesn't explore what hurts explore what's pleasurable Explore what's exciting for you. Um, Find out your erotic blueprint. This is something that I recently went through. And the erotic blueprint, there are five erotic blueprints. Um, There is the sensual that is reliant on the senses to be able to experience pleasure. And often people who fall within the sensual blueprint, they really like engaging in foreplay they really like having a mood set and they really like that build up to be able to get them into the mood and um, they really do rely on their senses and their sense of comfort when it comes to engaging in sex they don't like to just go straight into sex and they're not always about kinky even if they even if they are into kinky sex and they are into passionate energetic sex they still like a little they still like that build-up and they're also the kind of people who you know might even like to cuddle and and you know kind of just enjoy a little bit of non-sexual physical intimacy after after sex and for me that that It doesn't matter what you're doing, that is key to be able to start to regulate your body, to be able to help your partner regulate their own body and get to a neutral state after having sex, especially because sex can bring you into so many different states. You can be in that excited, um, heart racing state, and you'll be in that frenetic state, you'll be in that energetic state, you'll be in that like orgasmic state, right? And then you'll need to come down from that high and still and still feel great you're still going to feel great if, if you really do feel great, especially with your partner. but you do need to regulate yourself to be able to come down from that high sometimes and helping each other to regulate for me is is very important instead of just being like all right I'm a devout <laughs> like <laughs> okay thanks bye <laughs> yeah. but um and I and I tend to uh, associate a little bit with the sensual side, but um, another a pitfall that sensual people can can fall into is that they can sometimes get a little bit into their head. Um, the downside of being a sensual type is that you'll get into your head, and if your environment does not feel comfortable enough, like say you're just like, wait a minute, um, there are dishes that I need to do before I can even feel you know, good, because if the dishes are piled up in my sink, I'm not going to feel like I can enjoy sex with my partner because I've got chores that I need to work, that I need to work to get done because my house doesn't feel clean. And, um, you know, just anything like that. If your house doesn't feel clean and you're trying to have sex and you're just like, Oh, I got to clean my house. You're going to get into your head and be like, I can't, I can't do this until the house is clean. I can't feel comfortable until the house is clean. And that's just one example. But another example would be um, because they are relying on their senses, they might also get a little bit um, into their head about their own body and and about their, their sensual pleasure and about expressing to their partner what feels good and what doesn't. And they might feel as though even if they have a good relationship with their partner, even if they can like very effectively communicate and their partner will actually um their partner's a good listener, their partner's a good communicator as well, they might feel like, oh, well if I'm telling my partner that I wanna be touched, but then I'm telling them not to touch me like that, then maybe they'll they'll not like that and they'll get into their head about that instead of communicating and being like, Oh, I didn't like that or, oh, that hurt or oh Maybe don't do that. Maybe do this instead. You know, they'll get into their head and and sometimes not communicate, even if they do have an effective communication between them and their partner. Sometimes they'll still feel a little bit insecure. There is the sexual type, which focuses more on the actual sex um, and also Um, getting arousal from penetration, getting arousal from um, the idea of penetration, getting arousal from specifically looking at the genitals and thinking about the genitals, and that is where they are centralized when it comes to sex. And sometimes the downside with that is going to still be, of course, those insecurities about one's body, those insecurities about maybe their genitals, for example. Um, for example, a guy maybe being insecure about his size and feeling like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, not the, I'm not the most, um, I'm not the, you know, quote, best out there or anything like that and, and getting a little bit, you know, insecure about his size. Or a woman getting insecure about how her labia looks. Or the placement of her clitoris, and I, I've seen it happen. I've I've seen it happen with with friends of mine. I've seen it happen with partners of mine, where they have gotten insecure about their their junk, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, look, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to be insecure with me. We're doing this. We are consenting to this. We both found each other physically attractive. We don't need to feel this way, and there was one partner that i had that really did kind of feel a little bit like he wasn't he wasn't the best when it came to his size and then i was just like um no dude you're good <laughs> for for lack of a better way of putting it it was just like um no you are a god you are an adonis <laughs> oh my god But, um, yeah, like basically I'm just like, no, dude, you are an Adonis. Shut up. (laughs) Like, um, you know, not, not just to like help boost his ego, but more just to like be like, Hey dude, um, we're consenting to this and, and I want to help you feel as though you actually are. Um, attractive and and good enough. So so I did whatever I could to to really like make him feel like he was, you know, appealing and pleasurable enough. As much as he as much as he felt the same way about me. So I'm just like, um, dude, we both find each other attractive. You are perfect. Don't don't stress. Don't stress. Don't sweat it. And needless um, to say. Uh, we, we hooked up several times, (laughs) um, but, and, and this was back in college, but, (laughs) but then there is the, the third type, the third erotic blueprint is the energetic type, the, the one who really likes to just go for it, um, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to do that clapping motion. But they really just like to go for it. They like to go into sex without the buildup. They don't, they don't emphasize foreplay. They just, They just go for it. And sometimes with that is that they feel as if they are not being satisfied if they wind up with a partner who is not as energetic as them, who doesn't have as high of a sex drive. And what can happen with that is that they will feel unfulfilled if they are just like, oh, well, wait, (laughs) you know, um, I, I have to build up with my partner because my partner needs to build up. And, and yes, you can be in a relationship with someone who doesn't share your erotic blueprint, um, and, and still have an amazing sex life because you will talk about what your erotic blueprint is with each other. And you will discover things about yourselves and each other to be able to create that balance. But there are still going to be those insecurities with each erotic blueprint. Which brings me into the fourth erotic blueprint, and then I will go into the fifth erotic blueprint because that is my blueprint. Um, the fourth erotic blueprint is the kinky blueprint. The, the people who like the taboo, the people who like being tied up, spanked, choked, flogged, whatever it is. Um, the people who like to engage in um, BDSM, the people who like to engage in... Um, different types of taboos, the people who maybe just like to add a little bit of spice to their to their life without really being involved too heavily in kink, but definitely do have kinks and, and, and maybe even some fetishes. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine about erotic blueprints recently because we, you know, we're, we're both spiritual and we both talk about these different things and I was talking about erotic blueprints, and he was like, I feel like I'm a bit of two and three, and I'm like, I am one and four. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, then I, I said, Well, this is my dominant one is I am number five, which is the shapeshifter. The shapeshifter gets pleasure from every single other type of blueprint. The shapeshifter is a person who can adapt to their partner um and and also recognize what their partner's needs are a little bit more and also experiences pleasure from all different aspects and i experience pleasure from all different aspects personally i am a bit of a shape shifter i lean more towards being into a little bit of of kink because i do like um some, k- some kinky things, I do like, you know, the ideas of spanking and a little bit of, you know, um, being tied up, being, being blindfolded, different things like that. But I'm also very sensual. I am very sensual. I, I crave foreplay. <laughs> um, and, and not only do I really enjoy foreplay, because I really enjoy touch, but I love touching my partner. And I love seeing the ways in which they can also experience pleasure from being touched. And not even just, you know, in the sexual ways where I'm like touching their genitals, but how do they like to be touched? What do they feel when maybe I have my hands on the sides of their face and I lean in to kiss them? How does that make them feel? What what kind of response do I get from that? What kind of response do they elicit from that? What kind of response do they get when my hands are on their shoulders? What kind of response do they get when I start to you know um, kind of cradle the back of their head? Because I I have done this even with male partners. I will use one hand to cradle the back of their head if I'm if I'm on top and we're like in a sitting position. Um, to cradle the back of their head while I kiss them and use the other hand to kind of like massage their scalp and graze their scalp. And they will just be like, wait a minute, do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't even recognize that they had like a little bit of a sensual lean. They may have leaned towards other types of erotic blueprint, but then they're just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, that feels good, do it again. And and just different ways in which like I will do something and they will be like oh my god you are you are heaven to me in this moment <laughs> and and not to like you know brag about myself but because I am a shapeshifter but I also do kind of lean towards um, two of the other uh, blueprint types more than the the other two within the dominant four I. I recognize not only what I like and not only can I communicate what I like a lot but then I recognize what my partner likes and they and and what will actually please them the most and I won't just shift to be able to please them all the time. I have I've gotten out of that because I recognize that especially with being a shapeshifter comes some of the most insecurities you will not only have the securities of not being fulfilled enough or, um, you know, one of your biggest insecurities is that you're not being fulfilled enough because you might be adapting more to your partner than they are even recognizing your own needs and helping you to meet those needs when it comes to sex. But with a shapeshifter, you will feel unfulfilled if one of your needs are not being met you might feel a little insecure if you want to be a little bit more touchy-feely and have foreplay and your partner's just like no i just want to go right now (laughs) you know and and then you will feel kind of unsatisfied and you'll feel a little bit guilty when when you feel dissatisfied you will feel you will feel some guilt when you feel dissatisfied because of the fact that you wanted to communicate with your partner and and then they were just kind of like, no, especially in relationships where your partner won't listen to you when you communicate. And um, that's why it is imperative to open up those bridges of communication and to not um, just solely give in to What your partner wants when it comes to sex but to open up those bridges of communication where you can communicate what you like and what you don't like with where they can communicate what they do like and what they don't like and where you can experiment too when it comes to especially physical touch because even with partners who might lean more towards a kinky blueprint or a energetic blueprint uh, or um, a sexual blueprint if they lean towards those blueprints they still have a bit of the sensual and if you touch them a certain way they might really enjoy that i had one partner that i couldn't even touch his sides because he was so ticklish <laughs> and i was just like damn you are more ticklish than i am like what <laughs> you know like and it was it was adorable i i will say that um if he's listening to this hi uh that was cute (laughs) but um you know there there are ways in which i've i've experienced with partners where i did put myself on the back burner and i would adapt more to their needs than my own and that was most of my experience up until the last couple of years um with being in casual relationships and um, I noticed within my, my last casual relationship that I was able to communicate with this person and, and that we were able to experiment. And they were just like, this is what I want to experiment with. Are you okay with that? And I was like, I've never done that, but we can try. And <laughs> um, I was open to different types of, of experimenting, but it wasn't just about their pleasure. They were also focused on mine and they recognized what I liked, and holy cromoli, like, having that open communication is so imperative, and, and also recognizing yourself, and recognizing what comes up for you before, during, and after sex, and not just, you know, in the ways that sex can be messy, and in the ways that sex can sometimes be embarrassing and funny, but what are your feelings, What are you feeling towards your body? What are you feeling towards your partner? What are you feeling towards the concepts of the physical attraction that you share? Um, what, What is making you nervous? What is making you uncomfortable? And how can you recognize that within yourself and deal with that within yourself, but then also communicate that with your partner? And what can you do on your own too? Uh, to not to one not be dependent on having sex with your partner all the time even within like a beautiful relationship even within a relationship where you might be having sex every morning and that might be part of your morning routine how can you do that without it being monotonous and obligatory you know um but when you are alone what are you exploring when you're alone what is giving you pleasure how are you exploring your own pleasure? What are you focusing on? How do you feel about your own body? How do you want your partner to feel about your body? How would you like to feel about your body when you do engage with, with partner sex? And that's why I feel like when i hear people in the spiritual community saying that you shouldn't engage in self-pleasure that you shouldn't engage in sex because sex is a low vibration it's just like bollocks bollocks you know like you should feel confident and secure within your own body and if you're not exploring your own body if you're not exploring yourself How will you be able to engage in a sexual relationship later on? How will you be able to manifest a relationship that is healthy if you are not in resonance with your own sexual self and you have not explored your own sexual self in a healthy way for you? Because what's healthy for me is going to be different from what's healthy for somebody else, what's unhealthy to me is going to be maybe healthy for somebody else and that's okay to me what i see as unhealthy is reliance on porn i do indulge i will say that i do indulge i'm not going to say that i'm like this perfect person who never indulges but i do indulge but i don't have a reliance on it i do indulge in sometimes reading, but I don't have a reliance on it, I, because I am a sensory person, because I lean more towards that sensual basis, even though I am a shapeshifter, um, I do sometimes, like, audios, I do sometimes, like, audio and visual, I do sometimes, like, just reading something, and then I can, I, and then I can feel something from that, um, I like having a comfortable space to be able to have quiet and just be by myself, you know, whether that's in my bedroom or hell, even in the shower. (laughs) Um, But I, I know what it is that I enjoy and I don't shy away from that thinking that it's taboo because I understand that if I have a negative relationship with my body and a negative relationship towards sex that I will not be able to have a healthy relationship in my life when I am in a relationship and I've had a I've had unhealthy relationships because I've had an unhealthy relationship with my body, because I've had an unhealthy relationship with my sex, because I've had an unhealthy relationship towards sex, and I've had these unhealthy mindsets towards sex, um, because I've been a victim of sexual assault, which I no longer resonate with that victim mentality either, um, even though I do recognize that I have been traumatized by certain things, and I've lived out traumatic experiences, I no longer resonate for myself with that victim mentality. And I don't even see myself as a survivor. I just see someone as, I see myself as someone who went through these traumatic experiences and yes, um, got through them um, in in multiple different ways, through spirituality, through therapy, through whatever it is that I needed to do to heal myself. But I don't see myself as a victim anymore. And people go, "But, but you are one. No, I was a victim. It did happen to me. But I don't have to continue to perpetuate that my identity is a victim of sexual assault. And I don't have to continue to identify with that hurt. I don't have to continue to identify with that trauma. And I choose not to. And I chose forgiveness, I chose acceptance, I chose peace. And I even chose not to um, go to any authorities when it happened, because one happened in a relationship where I was being abused and I didn't know what to do. Another happened with a friend in college that wound up dropping out and, and being a low life, um, so it was like, okay, well, karma got them. And then. And then again, I was assaulted in another relationship and I didn't really um, process that until recently. Um, And it was at the beginning of the relationship and I still decided to go forth with more of the relationship, but I I didn't even recognize that that is what had happened. But it did. And something non-consensual happened. And thankfully, I was fine. Thankfully, nothing had happened after that. Um, but it was kind of a shock to my system. And I just kind of accepted it and didn't even see it as non-consensual in that, in that moment. But then looking back, I'm just like, wait a minute, that was non-consensual. <laughs> but um and I don't, and I don't share these experiences to trigger anyone. So if, if this is a triggering topic for you, um, I do sincerely apologize. And and I hope that um, you will be okay, and that you will seek out the help that you need, and that you know that um, I am not here to trigger anyone. But. I speak about these experiences to one, let others know that they are not alone. Two, to if, even if it is a bit of a triggering topic, to help you to understand that one, you are not alone. Two, this is a safe space to be able to dis- discover and discuss that. And three, this is a safe space to be able to. <clears throat> help you recognize what you can do for yourself to be able to get yourself to a healthier mind state and and a healthier place of well-being. But I also share my experiences to... to show that my mindset now is shaped a little bit by those experiences but also that I am not simply those experiences and then I stop existing and I stop evolving because you never stop existing, you never stop evolving and even though I have experienced sexual trauma even though I have experienced um, body trauma not, not just in the way of like, oh, well, someone physically abused me. No. But more in the sense that I was bullied as a child and a teenager for my looks and for my stature and for my weight. And I had a negative relationship with my body for so many years. And it took a lot of work. It took a lot of therapy, it took a lot of spiritual work, it took a lot of changing my diet up, (laughs) It, it took a lot for me to be able to get to a point where I was happy in my own body, and I was confident in my own body, and I was secure in my own body, and I have friends in my life who remind me that it's okay to be confident and secure in my own body, I'm plus size, and I have never felt more beautiful, I have never felt more confident, I have never felt more secure in my own body as I do now, and <clears throat> there are ways in which I could definitely continue to focus on my well-being and my health, and maybe you know losing a little bit of weight to be able to not not to feel prettier, but to be able to um, feel a little bit healthier, because there are ways in which I notice that my body um, experiences some undue stress and undue pain. Um, particularly in my shoulders, my lower back, my hips, and my knees, um, because of some of the weight that I am carrying. But I still feel sexy. I still feel like I can explore myself sexually and explore my sexuality and not be ashamed of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm plus size. I'm thick. You know, and, and I still feel happy. And it's all about exploration of yourself through multiple different means. Psychological means through therapy, spiritual means through meditation, yoga, um, uh, any kind of spiritual practice, um, law of attraction, law of assumption practices, um, anything that would help you spiritually, witchcraft practices, which which do tie into spirituality and and metaphysics but also sometimes are are a bit different. Um, Whatever it is that will help you to feel connected to yourself and will also help you to recognize that sex does not have to be taboo. Whatever helps you to connect with yourself is what is going to allow you to have a healthier relationship when it comes to sexuality when it comes to spirituality, and when it comes to your life in general. I hope that this episode was enlightening for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a rating and review to let me know. If you would like to further discuss anything that was talked about in this episode, you can reach out to me by sending a direct message to me through Spotify or Anchor, or by sending a direct message to Alice at gmail.com. I am also offering Tarot 101 coaching and um, Love Connection 101 coaching through my website, skellingtongrin.square.site, as well as private tarot readings for general readings, twin flame readings, love readings, you name it. If you would like to connect and get a reading, you can find me at my website at skellingtongrin.square.site or simply email me at cardomancy.alice at gmail.com. And as always, if you would like to connect with me on social media, you can follow me on TikTok at Scallington Grin and on Instagram at Skellington Grin. I would love to connect with you. I hope you have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend, and I will see you again soon. Bye.